0: Welcome to episode 63 of the Lace Them Up Podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth.
1: I'm Brett Duboff.
0: By the time you're listening to this, you'll know who won the Super Bowl, but uh, we don't at the time we're recording this. Uh, one thing I will guarantee, Brett Duboff will probably have two or three more gray hairs on his head by the end <laughs> of the game, and I'll be two pounds heavier. Uh, until then, we're going to talk about uh, some hockey here. Uh, we have another coaching casualty. Uh, and this one is more of a wake-up call than anything else. We'll expand on that. Also, we're going to start a new segment, I guess a rehash of the Are They For Real stuff. Uh, Are they in or are they out of the playoff picture? Philadelphia and Carolina will be dissected in detail uh, in this edition. And uh, the Leafs' rookies, uh, we know they're good, but how good are they? We'll expand on that as they did something that no other team in NHL history has ever done before. Uh, First off, quick shout-outs to all the players uh, past and present who have worn number 63 in the NHL, of course. Uh, Your friend and mine, Brad Marchand, Tyler Ennis, uh, Dave Boland after he left Chicago, Mike Ribeiro, who we'll talk about later, uh, Sam Bennett in 2015, in his three years with the Ducks, Nick Benino wore number 63. Charlie Coyle did so with the Minnesota Wild in 2013. Anthony Duclair is a member of the Rangers in 2015, wore number 63. And Joseph Vasecek throughout his NHL career also wore that number. So to all of them, this podcast is for you. And now it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve.
1: All right. Um. So the big news this week that you forgot to tease. I don't think. Um. I don't think you said anything about it. Was that my uh, my Mike Hitchcock, Mike Hitchcock, Ken Hitchcock. Um. <laughs> my I'm I got I got I got Babcock and Hitchcock confused. Um. <laughs> yeah, Ken Hitchcock. Uh, got fired by uh, Doug Armstrong, the GM of the St. Louis Blues, and Mike Yo is the um, is the new coach. Um, they um, it's kind of it's kind of interesting in this case because I don't think it was really Hitchcock's fault. Um, I guess we all knew that he was going to retire at the end of the year, and Yeo was going to be the coach uh, next year. But I guess it's Shocking in the sense that, um, that it was so sudden like this, but it's not really, it wasn't really Hitchcock's fault that they've been losing a lot, um, mm-hmm. because it's mostly just because of Carter Hudden and Jake Allen haven't been as good as they should be, um, and that's, that's not really the coach's fault, that's like the GM's fault, um, for, um, and the players' fault too, but um, so uh, hopefully maybe it will spark something. I think you were um, you were alluding to this all year about how they've lost their identity; they don't really have anything. But, yep. Um. But yeah, so let's see if it sparks something. Uh, on their first game with Mike Yeo coach, they beat Toronto five to one. Um, so maybe there is something, um, and then they lost uh, to Pittsburgh on Saturday, uh, 4-1, to so maybe there isn't something, uh, we'll have to see, um, yeah, so what, what are your thoughts here?
0: Well, uh, while the Pittsburgh Penguins have matched it, no other NHL team uh, has recorded more points, 527, since the day Ken Hitchcock began head coach, the St. Louis Blues, but it, as you know, in this league, it's a game of what have you done for me lately, and yep. and the results weren't there lately. Um, and you know what? You're right. It's not Hitchcock's fault at, at all. Um, after the 5-3 loss to Winnipeg on Tuesday, the, the decision was made on Wednesday uh, to fire him. Mike Hill takes over as head coach, and Mike Yo insists he wanted to make it work. He was on Ken Hitchcock's side. He wanted to make it work with Ken this year, Um and he wanted to, you know, do the best that he could as an assistant coach. That didn't happen. And the the transition was made sooner than a lot of people expected. But, um, I mean, you look at the record since New Year's Day, the Blues are in the bottom five when it comes to goals against. Only the Avs have given up more goals since December the 1st. Um, and since January 1st, the Blues are in the top ten when it comes to fewest shots against. And yet their goaltending has just been so inconsistent. A wake-up call was needed, and unfortunately, that meant sacrificing a quality NHL coach who's won a Stanley Cup, won Olympic gold as an assistant with Team Canada in 2014, Sochi Olympics, and at this level, he's been a head coach for 20 seasons. I mean, you look at his resume, he's coached his teams to eight division titles. He's only missed the playoffs four times. Uh, It And what's what's even eerie about this is that he got let go four times midway through an NHL campaign. Three of those dismissals have come between January 25th and February 3rd, which, uh, you know, all conspiracy theorists might jump on that. (laughs) But uh, I just find it an eerie stat. But, I mean, your top five in all-time games coach, top five in all-time wins – at some point, you got to wonder how much of this has to do with the coach behind the bench. I mean, this is a team yeah. last year, they made it to the Western Conference Final, two wins shy of the Stanley Cup Finals. But again, the identity. Losing Backus and Brower, they lost two of their assistants to other teams in the offseason. They traded Brian Elliott. Other than that, this roster was a lot similar to last year's team. But yeah. how is it that they're fighting for their playoff lives and that their goaltending's in the bottom ten instead of the top ten, which they yeah. were last year? I mean, Doug Armstrong made it perfectly clear Uh, in in this article from the NHL's website. Here's just a snippet of what he said. Quote, obviously, it's a very difficult day for myself. Ken has been paying the price for all of our failures, starting with mine. And he went on to call Hitch, arguably his best friend. Uh, The article goes on. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The article goes on. I went home. Uh... Had a strong drink and thought about it, and that's what I love about that guy. He's a hell of a coach. There was no kumbaya Tuesday night. He was angry. He should have been. He's upset at what we're at as a franchise, and then he's upset at the decision that I made. And then he turns his attention to the players, calling them, quote-unquote, independent contractors. And he went on to explain that when there was a 50-50 puck, they would cheat on the offensive side instead of the defensive side. He says, what we have to do is we have to become a team again. We have to take pride in doing things for each other for the betterment of the team. I see when we win how guys react when they don't get what they want. I see when we lose how guys react when they get what they want. It's a losing brand of hockey. We have to regain wanting what is best for the note on the front, not the name on the back. Wake up, call, if I ever saw one.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true, but I don't know if it will work, really. Um, It has an interesting um, tidbit about the independent contractors, because that's not normally what independent contractors are, really. They're just, I guess that is kind of, like, they're just out for themselves kind of thing, but... Um, it's not like, I'm looking at their cap situation, it's not like the Blues have a lot of, like, star players other than Tarasenko. Um, but, or, like, they're they're all, like, um, yeah, they don't have a lot of one-year contracts here. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's the, um, and it also is weird in terms of, like, their defense, like you saying that they're not defensive minded yet. They have Peter Angelo, Belmester, Shattenkirk, um, Pareko, you know those guys. So it's not like they're terrible on defense. It's just they're not. Um, I think it's it's not really their defensive fault. It's their goaltending, which I guess is defense in a way, but. Um, it's like they've re- they got rid of Brian Elliott, fine, whatever, but it's not like Carter Hutton and Jake Allen are the guys to be there. Um, and they kind of took a risk on Jake Allen, and um, it may not have worked out for them. They kind of are, um, made their bed with him. So um, we'll see, though.
0: What's, what's odd is that they have a top-ten power play, but a bottom-ten penalty kill since the new year began. Yeah. Um Right now, I, if I'm the players, I'd be concerned about my jobs. And you kind of wonder with the trade deadline clo- closing yeah. in and Kevin Shattenkirk being a UFA, you know, how much time has he got left there? True, that's a good point. No matter how, how good or how bad he's playing. It should also be noted, uh, the goaltending coach, Jim Corsi, was also let go. Martin Broder and Ty Conklin will be working with the goaltenders uh, until season's end, and then they'll find out what to do from there. So that was also interesting.
1: Um, I just... I just... Oh wow! I was just looking here. Apparently, Robbie Fabry is going to miss the rest of the season for the Blues. Ooh. that's bad. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um. So yeah, okay, that's breaking
0: not, news, folks. Yeah, it know, just got me. worse.
1: It got worse. Exactly. Um. So uh, yeah, it looks like he has a uh, apparent leg injury. So um. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was gonna wait for I was gonna wait for that to um to put that on the uh, uh, on our injuries list, but then I realized like oh we're talking about the Blues now.
0: According according to um, the St. Louis Blues Twitter account, ACL injury.
1: Oh, yeah. oh. I have them on both my fantasy teams too.
0: Oh man, uh, that's tough for you. Uh, Kenny oh, no. Agostino and Magnus Piarvi have been recalled in response.
1: Okay,
0: uh, ACL tear, man. Oh, Lord, that that does not sound good. I just taking a look at his stats: eleven goals, twenty nine yeah. points in fifty one games. Uh, he was a minus sixteen, though. But still, um, a, a death player that they're really good. Yes, yeah,
1: that's true. I, I just uh, we'll see if yeah he was having a pretty good year with on Tarasenko's line, but. Um, we'll have to see if it actually, um, I mean, just in terms of the blues stuff, it's like, it's, it's, get, it's getting worse for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, worse and worse, but it, like, we'll see if it, um, if this Hitchcock, um, firing does anything. I doubt it, but we'll see. The
0: one, the one thing that the blues have is that they have a guy that's coming right in. He doesn't have to introduce himself. They've gotten to know this guy True. somewhat for the past couple of months. I think that was why the they fans. had him
1: there in yeah. the beginning of the season or got him as yeah. an assistant coach.
0: Yeah, they wanted to to see to see how Hitchcock operates things and have him get confident in his way of coaching, but you know, I guess that that plan yeah. he got thrust into duty a bit sooner than they expected. But again, that's uh, compared to other teams, you know, you'd have to hire somebody and you know, hi, how you doing? Here's my vision, blah, blah. In a month you probably get back on track. But now it's just full speed ahead. You know what you probably know what you're gonna expect and and Mike Yo is gonna preach effort through and through and and with Fabry gone, they're gonna need a heck of a lot more effort if they're gonna win games.
1: Especially with Fabry up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, now that now that that kinda changes everything. Now that Fabry's out I'm like, well maybe they aren't gonna be make the playoffs. Um, we'll see though. Um, I forgot to do a poll of the week, so, um, well, whatever. Um, but we have, we're introducing our new segment here. Um, it's on a play on, are they for real? But it's like the playoff edition. Yeah. Thinking of playoffs. Um, where we're going to talk about two teams, um, that are on the bubble every week until the playoffs start. And we're going to ask, are they in or are they out of the playoff picture? Um, So, the first team that we've been meaning to talk about for a while, even though we have them as are they for real early on in the season, but now that they've actually kind of gotten good, Carolina, um, the Carolina Hurricanes, um, they are, hold on, I have the. uh, layoff picture here, um, they are, uh, four games back from Philadelphia, um, they have 55 points, um, yeah, they are, yeah, they have 55 points, Philadelphia has 59 points, um, and I think that's the only way they can get in, really, is by a wild card. So, yeah, um, probably
0: the, probably the second wild card spot because, like I said last week, I no. don't see the Rangers falling further than that.
1: Right. Yeah, it seems like the uh, Capitals, Penguins, Columbus, and Rangers are pretty much in 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 Montreal. Yeah, are they only they're like
0: top uh, four? Yeah,
1: those are like Montreal Rangers, Penguins, Columbus, and Washington are the only five teams in the East that are. Most likely in. Um are, are definitely in, I should say. Um, so yeah, uh Carolina. Uh they've they've gotten in some help with um Cam Ward. He's been better than um he has been in the past, but um can they do it?
0: Well honestly Carolina is a bit of a compelling team. They they've got the best penalty kill on the year. Uh, from January 1st and beyond, still in the top 10. Their offense has been just as compelling. Um, yeah. Victor Rask, although he's slowed down since the start of 2017, he's only got six points in 15 games. Uh, Jordan Stahl has 14 points in 15 games, so he stepped it up. And while Elias Lindholm only has one goal over his last 11 games, he's got 12 points. Um, taking a look at some of the other guys, Sebastian Aho nine goals in his last 15. He's starting to to heat up offensively. Um, The most surprising player of 2017 has been Brock McGinn. He's got 10 points in his last 15 games. Uh, And then you see guys like Justin Falk also starting to find their groove. He's got 18 points in 14 contests uh, since the start of 2017. Uh, I don't have them making the playoffs because I don't know um, how long we were going to see the good Cam Ward this year. And as of December 31st, his GAA was 2.29. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, his GAA as of December 31st was 2.29. Since then, from January 1st and beyond, his GAA is uh, three or over three, I should say. And uh, they might be four points behind. It seemed like Philly for the final wild card spot, but I, I, I don't see him making the playoffs because they got Washington, Dallas, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Ottawa, and Calgary all on the horizon. Florida and Colorado. If you let them take advantage of you, they're gonna. They got. Um, they've got uh, some offensive weapons that they can use at their disposal. You know, if if they're scoring. Um, the good news is they have a perfectly timed bye week coming up. That's not this week, but the one after, and they have a five game homestand after that. And at home this year, they're seventeen six and one. But you look at their March schedule; they have seventeen games in thirty one days. Uh, facing a lot of good teams. They have three back-to-backs, and they're facing three or four teams during that stretch that are on their tail. They're going to be going up against Tampa, who might be dead last in the Atlantic, but they're still only three points behind them in the standings. They also get two games against the Islanders, two games back-to-back nights at home against the Red Wings because there was that issue with the Isers. They had to reschedule a game with Detroit, so that's why the two home games there on back-to-back nights they also have Toronto they also have Philly and they also have Florida and then you add on Rangers Wild Predators and Blue Jackets in the month of March as well I just don't see them with the team they have right now I I don't see a team like the Carolina Hurricanes making the playoffs
1: yeah I have to agree with you on this Um, it's it's kind of tough because of their division, if they were in like the Pacific division or the Atlantic division, I think they have a shot, but with being in the Metropolitan division, I don't think, um, they do have a shot. Um, even with, um, uh, everything, like even, even if they start winning all these games that you just mentioned. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll, uh, win, but, um, it's, it's possible, I guess, but, uh, it's
0: a good, it's a good stepping stone for them, yeah. kind of like a season that Buffalo is having, exactly. they're, they're, they're showing strides, at least. Exactly,
1: I could see them getting in, like, in a couple years. Yeah, um.
0: Especially with all the prospects, the young yeah. prospects they had that we, we haven't seen yet coming up.
1: Yeah, um, but it's, uh, but at the moment, um, they, they aren't. Um, so uh, speaking of another team um, in the Metropolitan Division, where the other team is going to be Philadelphia Fly, the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, we um, I don't know if we even did an are they in or are they out, are they for real section for them, but
0: I think we 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 talked about them in detail during their ten game win streak. I remember. Oh yeah, that. yeah
1: that's right. Um, I don't know if we did it in Are They For Real for them, but... We, I don't think so, no. We, um, I,
0: uh, what we did was, at some point or one another, we went in yeah. depth with all 30 teams, so I'm just like, do we really have to do it And Are They For Real if we
1: yeah, talked about them that, when things
0: are going bad or worse already? Well,
1: so what happened was, since we talked about them in their 10-game win streak, they uh, started losing a lot of games. Um, yeah, they lost, well, like, loo-
0: losing, losing more often yeah. than winning, yeah. I'm looking
1: at their schedule, like right after they lost that 10-game winning streak, they went on like a 2-game losing streak, then they went on a 5-game losing streak, then a 2-game, then a 3-game, um, so they've uh, they've been streaky as of late. Um, I think they're, they're in a similar position as the Blues are in the sense that their goaltending hasn't been great. Um, they're definitely skilled in the forward and defensive set, um, although the defense is kind of young, um, compared to the Blues are, but, um, it's still, like, I, I think it's the same thing as Carolina in the sense that I think, like, in a couple of years, I think they'll be good, because you need guys like Ghost to Spare and Pro- Provorov, um, to really, um get going and uh get have some experience but um at the moment i don't think they are i think their goaltending is a bit too weak um
0: yeah um, uh, it's it, i wouldn't say weak but it's been inconsistent Yeah, uh, from start to finish i mean before they went on that 10 game win streak it was inconsistent since that win streak it's been jekyll and hyde as well uh, the big concern for me lately is their offense because you look at the NHL's website from January 1st to February 4th, they've scored 30 goals. That is tied with Florida and Arizona for third fewest in the league, which is shocking considering all the weapons they have. Um, again, you talk about some of their rookies, Travis Konechny, he's been hot and cold since a good start to the season in October. He's been scratched now in two straight games. Um In the first of those two straight games, that connect me was scratched. Ghost Bear was also scratched. Second time that's happened this year. Uh, As a team, they haven't scored four or more more goals since January 12th against Vancouver. They needed a shootout to win that game as well. Um, And if you look at the NHL's top 50 scores from uh, January 1st to February 4th, you don't see any Philadelphia Flyers on that list, although Shen is 51st. Um, and speaking of Shen, him, Voracek, and Drew, they all have 10 or more points uh, in 2017, but they're combined minus 26, which is, uh, not good at all.
1: Right. (laughs) And,
0: and, and, you know, Wayne Simmons has been their primary goal scorer, but he's got four goals and seven points in 15 games. So he hasn't been exactly lighting it up. Ghost bear is a minus 11, only four assists during that stretch. And Mason's goals against average, Steve Mason's goals against average during that stretch, 3.27, 29 goals against in 10 games. Uh, the good news is for Philly, Michael Neuvirth is healthy again, and he's stepped it up since returning from injury. In his last eight starts, he's 4-2-1 with a 2.05 GAA and a 9.28 state percentage. That's, that's tremendous and perfectly timed. But they're going to be even more trouble if he struggles and Steve Mason um, can't picked up uh, can't play to the level that he was during that ten game streak because um, he for the most part he hasn't been in twenty seventeen um, and as I alluded to last week the Flyers they don't have an easy schedule coming up they got St Louis New York Islanders San Jose Calgary Edmonton Washington and Pittsburgh uh, up and coming um, whether you're home or away that's a tough hill to climb. Uh, especially with a touch and go offense like they have right now, um, mm. they held Montreal to just one goal uh, in their win on Thursday. They did the same with Los Angeles on Saturday, but they won those games three to one, and they lost to the Kings one nothing in overtime. Um, so it, again, their defense isn't the issue; it's their offense. Uh, and and when you and when you lose these games and you're losing ground, you're really testing your faith with the wildcard teams which right now consists of Toronto, Florida, Carolina, which we just mentioned, and the Islanders, who have been rolling since uh, Doug Wade has taken over. Um, if you ask me, the Leafs and or Bruins, whoever's in the wildcard picture, they're going to be right in the mix to the very end. Florida has a roster that can do some damage, especially with the addition of two key players, which we'll talk about later. Um, I think, though, the Flyers are very capable of making the playoffs. But will they? I don't think so. Not this year. The the way that um, things have been going for them lately, I just don't see it happening.
1: Yeah, I don't see it happening. But we'll. I mean, it's it's kind of. Um, again, it's like Carolina's. Like if they weren't in the Metropolitan Division, I think they w- would have a better shot at making it in. Um, at the moment, they do have a wild card spot, Philadelphia, but. Um, it's really just a matter of if they're going to sustain it or not. Uh, you yeah. know, Toronto's on their heels. Boston is on their heels. Um, and uh, Carolina's on their heels, too. So it's um, it's really going to come up to those, uh, those teams. Um,
0: and if all of a sudden Tampa gets hot, all of a sudden they're in the picture.
1: Exactly. Or in Florida, uh, Detroit. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, although I feel like Tampa is kind of done. I didn't. I, I'm just looking at the standings here. They're in last place in their in our division. Yeah, um, they they, they are.
0: But there's again, there's not much separating. There's not much separating yeah, them from true. the wild card spot up. Like, that's and, true. and if there's a team that can get hot, um, out of all those teams, I think Tampa is capable of of getting hot at the yeah, right time. That but but.
1: is true. We should note that uh, they are eight games. Uh, eight points behind Ottawa, who's in second place in their division. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very tight in the Atlantic, but it's not like, but I feel like besides Montreal, it's like all those teams are very shaky and inconsistent. Um, so anything can happen. Um, and I did just mention Boston in there. So it's not like I'm being critical of Ottawa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, rapid fire topics. Um, first topic is the uh, LG uh, it's kind of, pretty cool. I don't know if any other league does this, has done this before, but um, the uh, NHL is teaming up with the you can play project to create more visibility for LGBTQ um, inclusion in the league. Um, and so they're gonna build, they have a list of team ambassadors, I think it's immediately, um, so it's, it's gonna be a web of support, it's gonna create, supposedly it's gonna create a web of support reaching all 30 team locker rooms, um, these players are gonna basically reach out to any, like, gonna be the guys that, let's say, um, you're, you're struggling with being an LGBTQ uh, label, um, you know, you can reach out to any of these ambassadors and talk to them, and they'll be helpful for them, which is great, Um, it's, uh, I don't think, it's like, it's good that the NHL is getting involved in these kind of social issues, I don't think there is any other league that has done this sort of thing even, not just for LGBTQ, but, like, for racial issues or anything like that, so, um, it's kind of, it's pretty cool, um, they have a list here, um, uh, of, uh, of the ambassadors, um, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, the only surprising one was Andrew Shaw became the Montreal Canadiens ambassador, um, who, if you remember last year's playoffs, he um, got suspended for saying uh, the f. Uh, you know the uh, yeah. I we're not say gonna it.
0: repeat it, but a homophobic slur. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That starts with an F. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and it. Uh, and he got fined for it. Um, I'm all for people changing. I get that. Um, I. Don't think it's. I feel like they should. However, I feel like they should have gone a better person, um, for being the ambassador. What's than interesting Shaw. is
0: that I I hear he actually volunteered. Okay. And what and when asked about it, he said, "This is me trying to make up for a mistake that I made." So if if that's the case, that's real maturity from Andrew Shaw. But what he's got to realize is that. Now he's yeah. going now everything he says on the ice is gonna be magnified even more. True. Because now now you yeah. have this label, you have this responsibility. People aren't
1: expecting you to say stuff like that. True So if this is his so. way of holding himself accountable,
0: then all the power to
1: him. I guess that's true, but I didn't know that he volunteered, but at the same time it's like I feel like they're like the the NHL would should have known that there's gonna be backlash, so they should have made this clear before they announce all this stuff um I don't know well you
0: look at you look at some of the other names that are on here Dustin Brown Sean Thornton Brian Boyle
1: Brad Marchand like, these are yeah.
0: guys these are guys that could get under your skin and they're LGBTQ not, uh, and not to mention Brad I, I, Marchand I, I, but yeah <laughs> yeah and Marchand and yeah. Brad Marchand I forgot about him too yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so so uh, I I'm I, I just find it odd you know that some guys that are most likely to piss you off on the
1: ice are, are on this list, but... Yeah, I guess that's a good point. But, like, Brad... Mar- like, I don't know if you saw this, like, on uh, Twitter. Brad Marchand... Like, someone was uh was calling Brad Marsh Like, someone of... Uh, like, an L... Uh, I think it was... He said the F word, homophobic slur. Ah, uh, the um, same one that um, shot And then Brad Marchand that. just said, like, you know... Like, he kind of, like... uh trashed him on Twitter so it kind of made sense that Brad Marchand is uh is the uh ambassador for the Bruins but yeah um I don't know it's it's like uh it's it's a cool thing that they're doing but yeah that is a good point that like guys like Sean Thornton, Dustin Brown, Brad Marchand who are all like Dion Phaneuf are all guys who get under people's skin but um Um, but not really, but like, then again, you guys, you have the guys like Braden Holtby, Henrik Sedin, um, both Van Riemsdijk
0: brothers, both Van Riemsdijk brothers are in it too.
1: Both Van Riemsdijk, OEL, uh, Kessler, so you also have some stars like that, so, um, it's not like probably, they're all, like, <laughs> pests here, so.
0: Probably the most no-brainer for me was Anders Nilsson of the Buffalo Sabres. He, I remember one time uh, he, he put, uh, I, I think, um, the pride flag or, or, or something of that nature on the back of his mask, and he said, yeah, they, the pride parade in Edmonton, and
1: oh, he, he's
0: uh, that that he, uh, that didn't surprise me at all that he was named on this list.
1: Okay, great. Um. Yeah, I think like Braden Holtby is very big in the. He went on the uh, gay pra- pride parade in Washington as well, or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool that uh, that uh, the NHL is like forward thinking like this. So, uh, kudos to them. I'm still a little skeptical of Andrew Shaw, but um, you know maybe I'm all for people changing. So yeah. we'll see. <laughs>
0: in, in, in an article from SB Nation, here's an interesting part. All of the big four leagues in North America, minus hockey, had at least two players, former or current, who have publicly yeah. stated they are gay. That has not happened in the NHL once.
1: Wow. Yeah, I was about to ask that. Like, do you think, like, because it's never, ha- except for Michael Sam in the NFL, it's never happened where a uh, current athlete has said, that they are gay or has come out um, to public. I, I think
0: I think Michael Sam was the most vocal about it though.
1: Right, but like this was before he even got on. Like it was before he was even drafted. Um, and then, and then I don't think he even played an NFL game once he uh, once he was. My,
0: drafted. He a of, I I know he played a couple of preseason games, and that yeah. one
1: time he sacked Johnny Football. But as I don't far think as regular he, season games yeah. go, no. No, so, I don't, it's like, it's never, I think, I feel like this is going to try to encourage, um, LGBTQ hockey players to come out, um, I would guess, um, yeah, so, we'll see, um, alright, uh, this, in, uh, more, in more negative news, I guess, um, well, not more negative news, um. I guess in the, the way to transition is the uh, in the opposite end. Here are some negative news: uh, the Islanders um, and Barclays Center looks like is not uh, going to be uh, a thing anymore. Uh, I'm not uh, sure. It if, looks it looks yeah. like
0: a messy divorce. If I ever yeah, saw basically. one. Uh, I heard from reports that. Arena representatives can terminate the lease. There's a good chance they'll do that. Following the 2018-2019 NHL season, they yeah. believe they can make more money without the Islanders as a tenant. That's yeah. a shot to, to the back right there. Uh, the Isles, as a team, can opt out if they so choose once next year concludes.
1: Yeah, that's it's sad and all. I'm mostly just going to miss that car there. But uh, <laughs> we'll, um, we'll see. We though.
0: that. Uh, we have that at TD Place with the sixty sevens play here. Uh, okay. we, ha- we have a car that's standing there for
1: no reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, club? like, like, when I first saw it, I kind of was, like, annoyed by it. I was like, what, why is that even there? And now, now I just love the car there. It's like, <laughs> it, it adds something to the, to the whole stadium. Uh, but yeah, uh... It is kind of sad. I don't know if the what the Islanders will do. Will they just go back to the NASA Coliseum? That's kind of, I kind of crazy. I doubt it. I highly doubt yeah, it. I don't know what they'll do. Um, I doubt they'll, like, uh, disform. But, like, I don't know. Maybe they would move to uh, someplace like Hartford or... Yeah, um, I heard Milwaukee.
0: actually some representatives from Hartford uh, send a, uh, send a letter to the New York Islanders about that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and Just and like,
0: hey, if you need a new tent,
1: uh we right. we'd like
0: to have you, please. Bring
1: the Whalers back, yeah. Bring the Whalers back. <laughs> yeah, the back. <laughs> um, and then, um, and also, while we're into stadium news. Um, it looks like Arizona's uh, lease is also gonna be up to um, and well, I don't think the may- guys the people in of Glendale are gonna um, take it on but well may- maybe the lease on on
0: life as a franchise I mean they're yeah. they're like cats they seem to have nine lives but
1: how many lives do they have left True. now because, yeah uh, no it seems like it's every year. That this yeah, happens every yeah. year at least once a year. Their their future is put into question.
0: I'll, I'll give you the latest uh, in an article from NBC 12 yeah, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that the plan was to build a new arena in Tempe, Arizona. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, apparently, uh, that plans those plans have fallen on deaf ears and appears dead. Uh, Coyote CEO Anthony LeBlanc po- pitched his plan to Arizona State University in November, which the hope was they were going to be part of building the arena. uh, He reached out to them, pitched his plan in November. Notable uh, omissions, uh, notable people that were absent from that meeting, the university president and the mayor of Temp, both weren't there. Uh, Whatever funding plan the team came up with would have to be supported by the legislature's Republican majority, as well as Governor Doug Ducey, who is also Republican, also running for re-election in 2018. So, you know, you don't want to do anything stupid, you know, if you want to get re-elected. Uh, the issue is that the team's current digs is in conservative territory. The temp site is Democratic. Do you think there's a chance the Republicans are going to ship the team to West Valley and leave their voters with a pricey mortgage and an empty arena? Doubt
1: it! Yeah, I doubt it.
0: <laughs> and then you fast forward a few months. Governor Ducey unveils a new funding plan for the state's universities. A plan that involves state sales taxes to free up to $1 billion in new cash. And in this article, legislatures were suspicious as to whether or not this was a backdoor plan to pay for the new arena. And then the final nail in the coffin this past week, a Senate Republican dropped that state sales tax bill and Arizona State University almost immediately walked away with with hardly any explanation. They just walked away. So that leaves the question, what do they do now? Uh, the person who wrote this article, Bram Resnick, I hope I pronounced his name right, um, he previously did a story on a tribal land site, uh, which was a talking point for a few development projects, uh, sports-related projects as well. Uh, there was a possibility of a new facility for a minor league soccer team, which could become a major league soccer expansion franchise, A combined soccer-hockey complex was also in the works once upon a time, or certainly talked about. And then there's also some unhappiness with the MLB's Arizona Diamondbacks and Chase Field, the current venue that they play in. But I highly doubt any quick solution is going to come with that scenario. Uh, If you were to ask me whether or not this team is better off moving to another city, I'd say no. But they are running out of lives.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a sad situation for Arizona here. With because um, it it's like um, I always get this. I get the sense that it's in, it's in. Not, I always get the sense. I feel like it's important for the NHL to expand to places in the south, um, especially like places like Arizona and Texas and all that stuff. Um, especially
0: with a guy like Austin Matthews now playing in the NHL, who right. grew up in who,
1: Arizona. Yeah, the. Uh, Hockey would be nothing without Arizona because of Austin Matthews, um, who grew up in Arizona. So um, I feel it, w- it would be sad if we saw them, the Arizona Coyotes disband or move. Um, but um, it looks like that might actually happen. I feel like whenever this news comes up, I'm like, oh, they'll n- this won't happen. And then, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, it might happen. we'll see yeah
0: like like uh the the rumors you know with with the expansion with vegas being an expansion team like the nhl is is showing that hey we're willing to test other markets right uh, you gotta wonder how much patience does gary bettman have left for the arizona coyotes because he's he's given them enough chances to to sort through it um i don't even know how much intervening he can do in this situation i don't think he can do much
1: yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't think you can really save them now, um, but we'll see. I guess. Um, yeah, your yeah, versus, versus the government. Uh, yeah, yeah, I
0: don't care how rich
1: you are. Right, exactly. And it's also like sad too because they're in a rebuilding year mode for a bit now. So it's not like and they they're got gonna... all these
0: prospects coming yeah. up too. They're going to be so good in a couple of years.
1: I know, but like the fact is, is that they aren't like. Like, if your team is bad, that doesn't do well, bode well for your attendance. So, yeah, it's going to, um, so they're, you know, the people won't know how good their team will be um, in a couple years. So, hopefully they stick by, but I don't know. I have, I have little faith in that. We'll see. Um. Oh, and other con- uh, contract news is uh, Thomas Grice. I uh, got a three-year with a three-point-three annual average value to the Islanders. Um, I guess that makes sense considering we they uh, waived the Islanders waived uh, Halleck a couple weeks ago. Or, yeah, and
0: he's he's making only a million dollars a year this year, and yeah. um, he, he could set uh, career high in wins for the second straight year. He's got 15 of them so far. His career yeah. is 23. What you all- said
1: last. And also, Elaine uh, Vigneault got a two-year con- contract. Um, I don't; they didn't really show what his annual average value is, but um, we'll just say he got a two-year contract extension. So, um, yeah. Um, so I guess yeah, that's just, some good news in terms of contracts. But
0: yeah, uh, um, what, we'll what's see. interesting about what's interesting about Vigneault is that since rejoining the NHL ten years ago as a head coach. 40-plus wins in eight of those 10 years, uh, and 20, he got 26 wins in a lockout-shortened 2012-2013 campaign. Um, if he gets 40 wins this year, which it looks like he will, be his fourth straight 40-win season, and he's also trying to make it to the Stanley Cup playoffs for a ninth straight year. So definitely one of the more successful coaches that the NHL has seen since the lockout in 05.
1: Well, Okay. Um, so money well done. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess this this next topic probably should have been uh, leading the rapid fire, but whatever. Um, we have Michael Granlin, who has a 12 game point streak, including a hat trick last night. Um, he has 15 points in this streak. I don't know what the record is for the most points, most games by a by a European is, but I'd imagine it's he's pretty close right now. Um, but yeah, he had a hat-trick and an assist last night on Saturday, um, and, uh, it looks like he's finally coming into his own. I know, like, for a couple of years, like, he, you know, he had, he was, like, inconsistent in this sense, but, I mean, he, I guess he is still inconsistent, but it looks like he's, uh, Bruce Boudreau is known to be that, um, you know, offensive Coach there, so I guess it makes sense that their forwards are gonna uh, take advantage of that, and uh, it looks like Michael Granlin's one of those guys. Um, We'll see if uh, it continues, Uh, but yeah, twelve games, twelve game point streak is pretty good, um, especially with a hat trick last night. So uh, we'll see. What is
0: it with Minnesota Wild and streaks this year?
1: Yeah, that's true. They had that uh, team game uh, team point streak uh, a couple weeks um, in December, and Devin Dubnik had that shutout streak too. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know what's, what it is, maybe it's the water, um, all those lakes, <laughs> um, we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know, but it's, go uh, Michael Granlin, I know it's, I forget, what was Patrick Kane's point streak a couple of years ago, was that? Is that like twenty two? I
0: think I I know it was it was probably twenty to thirty somewhere within that okay. range. It was ridiculous.
1: Okay, I thought it was I thought it was like close to twenty two or twenty three, but um, I guess he's not really. Um, but we'll we'll see. Uh, something to keep an eye on. I don't think it'll last that long, but it is cool that um, Michael like a guy, like a guy like this, you know kind of came out of nowhere um, to uh, get a point streak going, so um, we'll see. Um, Speaking of hat-tricks, Willie Nylander had a hat-trick last night, um, and uh, there was also Mitch Barner became the rookie of the month um, in January, um, and Apparently in the lead-in, you were talking about how the Leafs were the first. This is the first team ever that they, uh, the Leafs, have three different rookies of the month in one season. Uh, yeah. So Mitch Marner uh, was the rookie of the month in January. Matthews was the rookie of the month in December, and Nylander was the rookie of the month in October. Um, just shows that, like, that the youth movement is strong in, in Toronto um those three guys are very exciting to watch um although I hated last night's game it was like I like knew like these aren't your normal uh Toronto Maple Leafs so um yeah it's pretty cool that they have these guys even though I hate them but yeah (laughs) they
0: gave up a 4-1 lead I don't know (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they, do that. they gave up a four-one lead, but like the old Leafs team they would have lost a four-one lead. They got yeah. away with it. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. The old Leafs team would have like given up after a four, like they lost a four-one lead. But no, not these Leafs. They got two more goals. So, um, so yeah, they're resilient. Um, I, I got to give them all credit, uh, even though I was going to say that for the Bruins' segment, but.
0: Yeah, they're 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 gonna need uh they're gonna need all those rookies to be good. They're gonna need Frederick Anderson, who's yeah. not a rookie, but playing like a veteran. They're gonna need him to be good as well because they begin a stretch of thirty five games in sixty nine days. Yeah, uh, that they begin it against Dallas and uh, they right. Gave yeah, they, have, goals, and they, they gave up five think, goals in one period.
1: So. I think for like the rest of the year they play every other day. Uh, yeah, which is absolutely nuts. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, some injury lists. We just talked about Robbie Fabry at the beginning of the show, but he's out for the year. It looks like he has an ACL. Um, I'll put them in here. Uh, Connor Sheer. another news, other injuries. Connor Sheary has an upper body injury. It looks like he's going to be out four to six weeks. Um, This is, I mean, oh, and Malkin's also out for a bit. I think we kind of spoiled the lead there uh, last week. But um, so... The Penguins, as we always talked about, as long as like Crosby's on the ice, it, or and and Malkin's on the ice, it, like you know the Penguins shouldn't really be worried. But with Malkin off the ice, Crosby's alignment, mate, linemate, off the ice as well, in um, Connor Sherry, who's been, who is pretty good for them. Um, this is this might be uh, we'll see. This might be a uh, worrisome for them. But, um... What's,
0: what's really impressed me is that after scoring 7 goals and 10 points in 44 games last year, he's got 17 goals and 35 points in 42 games this year. Only 2 power play points of those 35. That's incredible.
1: Well, yeah, to be fair, I don't think he has a lot of power play time, to be fair. but Yeah, yeah exactly,
0: which makes it even more impressive that he's doing all this.
1: Right. I mean, that's what happens when you have Crosby on your line. But, yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I have, I have both Robbie Fabry and um, Ro- uh, Connor Sherry on my uh, fantasy team, so um, now I have to scramble. Now you have
0: neither for a while.
1: Yeah, now I have neither. Uh, so I have to scramble for a bit, but we'll see. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I, I think the Penguins should be worried, but at the same time, it's like these are the Pittsburgh Penguins we're talking about they always have injuries um, and then uh Jason spezza has an upper body injury. We're at the point in the in the season where uh teams aren't specific about what players injured um so we know we all we know is that it's an upper body injury we don't know exactly where
0: it looked like it it looked like um. He hit his head a little bit. Uh, it could have been a concussion, but they're saying upper body. So when they say at least a week,
1: yeah, it kind of right.
0: makes me wonder. They say upper body, but is it a concussion, though? Because That's at funny. least a week, you're not saying, you know, it, it, it depends. Like, concussions, you know, are a touch-and-go subject, True. you know. Like, well, you yeah, like, said many times on the show.
1: Right. Well, like, concussions can be, like, can last a week. Or they can last, like, forever. Longer so, than that. Right. But
0: yeah, exactly. So we don't uh, know exactly In, in, any, in, in any event, uh, you're losing 15 power points and 31 overall points mm. in Jason Spezza. And uh, a team that's been dealing with injuries all year and trying to fight to make the playoffs, this doesn't help their cause.
1: No. Um, in, uh, in good news, though... Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau made his return, and uh, Alexander Barkov made his return in the same game. Uh, Huberdeau got a goal in his return, and Barkov assisted on that goal. So that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, the Panthers are might be in there. I think they're like two games back from Boston, or uh, at the moment, um, they might be. Actually, no, I think they're two games back from. Uh, Toronto um, oh no they are one game back from Toronto um, sorry about all that <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, so now that they have Huberdeau and Barkov which will, which will certainly help them so um, so that's good key return for them um, Thomas also uh, Thomas Hurdle and Max Stoney are off the IR. They didn't score any points when they returned, but they are back. So um, there's that. Um, Mike Ribeiro um, and Tom Gilbert were waived by their respective teams. Um, Mike Ribeiro is, uh, was from Nashville. Um Steve, I feel like I'm just talking. Steve, no, 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 no.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm here. Um, <laughs> I was just, uh, like, talking just
1: for about a the, minute. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was, I was just taking a look at um, uh, Mike Ribeiro's stats. 11 okay. straight double-digit goal seasons. And over his last 127 NHL games, he's got 11 goals. And uh, since he's being placed on waivers, he's requested a trade out of Nashville. So it looks like his yes. time is... Uh even more limited in Nashville than it already was. Right.
1: Yeah, I guess um but it is inter he did clear waivers, but um I guess no one really wants him either. But um I, I, yeah,
0: you're mid- you're yeah. in your mid thirties, I mean
1: Yeah, you might just retire after this year. Yeah. Um we'll see. Uh Tom Gilbert same kind of thing, he um no one really wanted him. Um he wasn't really great for L.A. Uh, from what I remember, so
0: yeah, um, only eighteen games into his stint, I think he only got two points. So,
1: yeah. um, also in that Ribeiro, Mike Ribeiro news that I forgot to mention, Vernon Fiddler uh, got traded to Nashville for a fourth round pick from Dallas. So, um, so they already have his replacement uh, by,
0: by New Jersey, actually.
1: Oh, New Jersey. Oh, I always think that. Ver- He's with- Fiddler will always be a Dallas star in my mind, I guess. Um, but, yeah.
0: He, I always I always thought for some reason Vernon Fiddler was a national predator. <laughs> I think he played with national. Let me take a look. May, maybe I'm wrong, but
1: now, I'm I I'm going to look at I him thought, now, too. Let's see here. And, yep, national predator. So he's heading back to national. There you go. Oh, so you used to be on the predators. He right used now. to
0: be on national once upon a time. Yep.
1: Okay, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, he started his career in Nashville. Um, then he went to Arizona or Phoenix for a bit, and then he went to Dallas, and now and then he was on New Jersey for a bit too. So, yeah, he's back to Nashville. Um, but like he's never. He only has three points this year. Yeah, um, it's, I was 40, just thinking. You know, oh, you games. know, clearing it. A, a- uh, you know, a cap a bit of cap space
0: there. I'm thinking they're they're gonna pull a major trade and get Matthew Shane or something like right. that. No, we're gonna yep. get Ferdinand pillar for a fourth rounder.
1: No okay then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah the trade deadline's coming up soon but uh I don't think March
0: first, gonna... yeah, I know. Less than a month.
1: Uh Frankie corrado cleared waivers as well. Um he was put on waivers and then he cleared waivers. I think you had a stitch to stick about this. Um. Yeah, only
0: two games played. That was against Pittsburgh back on November the 12th and the Rangers on January 19th. Uh, it's been well documented how little he's been playing this year. How often he's been scratched by the Leafs. They finally set Frankie free, and and now he's in the AHL. Hopefully, where he'll get some playing. Uh, hopefully, he's going to get some playing time there and not get benched. Um, yeah. The it's unfortunate that. Uh, that he's been in Mike Babcock's doghouse for this long, and it sounded like he was getting a bit tired. They they did this after claiming Alexei Marchenko off waivers from the Red Wings. He hasn't exactly uh, lit it up for the Red Wings this year, but uh, by the looks of things, uh, he's at least getting more playing time than Carrado has this year. He's, only, he's played in 30 games with the Red Wings.
1: Um, uh, in um – some milestones this week. Uh, Patrick Marlowe got his 500th career NHL goal. Uh, he's the sixth active um, NHL player um, in this statistic or to get this achievement. I think it's like Yager, Ovechkin. Um, I'm doing this by memory, but um, also a out moment. of
0: f- also out of five game point streak Osa. heading into
1: Saturday, uh,
0: and seven of his 19 goals on the year have come during that point streak.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. It's weird. Marlo's career is kind of weird. He is like underrated in this sense, but I don't yeah. know if he's like. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but well, I guess like. But then when I was looking at his statistics, I was just, like, he might be, actually be a Hall of Famer. Um, I think he. Oh, that was the other statistic is that like he's like the sixteenth. Um person to get this milestone while being on the same team. Um, mm-hmm. so it's a cool achievement. Um, we'll see, uh, what happens though. I, th- I think at the um, very
0: least he's going to have his number retired by the franchise because yeah. he, he's been the cornerstone of that team. True. Uh, yeah.
1: He's like their, he's like their guy. Um, yeah. he's like symbolizes the Sharks hockey, but yeah, um, we'll see. um, in other other milestones, Luongo got his four fiftieth career NHL win. Um, so, go Luongo! Um, yeah, yep.
0: six five win over my Ottawa Senators, no less.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of the Bru- the Senators, we are now into the Bruins send segment. Um, I forget who went first last week. Um, I think I did. So you okay, can. Okay, I'll first go first here. Uh so uh yeah, the uh the Bruins had an up and down uh week. Um we uh beat the Tampa Bay Lightning four to three. Um Marshawn um uh kind of uh made a, another controversial play, surprise, surprise Uh, where he slew foot someone. He didn't get called for it. Um, He didn't even get looked, get a hearing for it. Yeah, he didn't even get
0: fined for this one. Yeah, he didn't
1: even get fined for anything. Um, As a Bruins fan, I don't really care, but I can see why every other fan base would be angry about this. Um, It's the same point as we made last week. It's like, yeah, like, Marshawn is by far our best skater um, and scorer, Um, and you like to think that he grew past this, but, um, it's, like, it's just, like, tough to be, like, um, you know, you just, you just can't do that in your play anymore, or not, you know, it's, like, it's, uh, you're not, like, a goon, you're, it's a, he's a scorer, we need you to be on the ice, you can't I just wonder if it's it's
0: like a muscle reflex thing, I don't know if it's something yeah. like what Draymond Green does, just for whatever reason, he just has the urge to kick somebody, Yeah, it just happens, just automatically or, or Grayson Allen yeah. of Duke, just out of the blue, he trips somebody he doesn't, looks like he means to do it but it just happens
1: yeah, I know, he has 55 points I think he has a points going on too as well Yeah, he's Um,
0: got, he's got uh, five, he's got ten points in a five-game stretch, including three two-goal performances, 55 points in 55 games. Like, he's an all-star. He's
1: playing like an all-star. He is playing like an all-star. He is, like, an elite player, but it's, um, yeah, he's just not, like, he he he's on having those lapses of judgment where he decides to trip someone, or he decides to, um, slew foot someone, so, um... Well, I guess Slewfoot is tripping, but we'll see. (laughs) Um, uh, Or spearing someone. Um, So, yeah. Um, Then the next night, um, the uh, Bruins played the Capitals. Uh, This was a strange game. Um, Mostly because I remember I was emailing you, why was Tuka Rask even in? Because you played the game before, he didn't really look great, even though they won last, the that game. Um, he had, I think in the Tampa Bay Lightning game, he had... Let me look here. Uh, he had 18 saves on 21 shots. So, it wasn't like Rask was... Like, I can understand it if he shut out the Lightning the day before. Then I get why you would play him the next game. But... I don't know. It was just a strange move by Claude Julien. I get that we have backup issues, but um, you can't like do you can't like do that. I feel like that, well, that was a little. Crazy, yeah, but.
0: again, it's it's backup issues, what you alluded to, and and getting yeah. back to that that game, the Bruins outshot the Lightning in the final forty minutes, thirty-one to thirteen. Lightning scored three times on those thirteen shots. Yeah. Um. It, starting his second game in as many days, you know, just for the fatigue's sake, especially coming off the All-Star break, why? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't start Zayn McIntyre against Washington, even if it's a back-to-back. Yeah, no, I yeah, I need to put a rookie in that position. I don't trust Anton Hudobin right now. Uh, so yeah. Rask is the obvious choice. And I get- and oh, I would, would I start either McIntyre or Hudobin against the struggling Bolt squad? Yes, I take my chances with that.
1: I get that. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess you would have just started them on the I think the, the Tampa, Tampa game thing. would have
0: been more realistic to start either McIntyre yeah, or
1: Oh true. I could see that. I just don't I mean, even still though, I feel like you should have like I'm okay with losing to Washington. It you know, they're a good team. Um they might this might be their year. But it's not their um I don't think it's one of those like like even still, I don't think like he what He didn't even play well in Tampa Bay to earn that next day start. So, um, like I don't think like yeah, we probably wouldn't have won with McIntyre or Kadovin um, in our against Washington either. But you definitely wouldn't have won with Rask, and uh, especially since he played the the day before. So. I don't know. Um,
0: I think I think no matter who they would have started against Washington, they'd still be the underdog. Like, right. Washington would be the heavy favorites to win that game. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're the Bruins. All these teams <laughs> have games in hand on you. Every game matters. Every win matters. Yeah. And you need to give your team the best chance to win. Tuka Rask gives them the best chance to win.
1: Yeah, true, true. Um, also, on that note, Brett Connolly, former Bruin, uh, scored <laughs> a goal in that game. So, yeah. Um, but yeah speaking of every game mattering um, last night uh, as we alluded to, uh, Toronto Toronto was uh, up four to one. Uh, you've heard this before, Steve, right? Um, yeah I'm uh, sure
0: Leafs fans would like to forget it Yeah exactly fans, um, so.
1: And it was I think at, I don't know if I've told the story, but on that night, I remember I was watching with a friend of mine, and once it turned 4-1, to one, I, like, I, like, I I couldn't watch anymore, because I was just like, alright, I guess we're done, we, we stink. And so I was just, like, I took a walk home, um, I was just like, contemplating, like, what are the Bruins gonna do, I guess this is the end of our, um, our run here. And then, and then, like, I go home, because I, I had some work to do anyway, so I couldn't, like, um... I was just like, all right, might as well just get going on work, and then I look at this on my phone and see that it was, like, 4-2, and then I was like, oh, maybe they're making a comeback, and then I, like, turn it on when it was 4-3, and then I just watched the rest of the game, so it was the best (laughs) night of my life, but... (laughs) I I remember, I
0: just remember one of my Facebook buddies works at the same radio station as I does, and I think... I can't remember if he was evening. He was doing the evening news or overnight news at that point, uh, and he's just watching the game. And he's and I'm just thinking, well, I just remember writing on Facebook. Well, I guess, uh, I guess, I guess the Leafs are have become that team where you can't mess around with them. And it looks looks yeah. like they're moving on, and I'm really impressed. And then <laughs> when it's four-four, the guy. Uh, my Facebook buddy, used to Habs fan, uh, writes in all caps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I take a look at the scores four far, I'm just like, yeah. okay, never mind then.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, then yeah. You, so anyways, back to this game.
0: Everyone's hearts got broken.
1: So, anyways, back to this game. it was four to one. Um, and then it was four to two. And then it was four three. Yeah. Then it was four four. Um. And then it was five four Toronto, um, yeah. and then it, and then the uh, Bruins went and tied it with Patrice Bergeron, no less, the hero of that game. Um, but uh, then it turns out, and then in like the last minute, uh, James Van Riemsdyk uh, scored the goal, uh, so the Bruins didn't even get a point out of it. Uh, but um, so it was a good effort by them. Uh, I am frustrated. I think there is something going on with Rask. Um, I'm not sure what. There was like a, rumors that he was injured after the Apparently, Capitals
0: game. He said at the
1: yeah okay. yeah during the Capitals game he was injured. Um, but like it looked like he started and then he gave up three unanswered pretty quickly in the second period. Um, yeah, minute
0: forty six, I think. Yeah, yeah,
1: something like that. Um no no I I'm actually looking at the box scores now it, it looks like it was um it was in like the 10 minute mark um and then he's like they scored three straight after that um uh so um yeah I think there is something going on with Tuharask. um I think but I'm not sure what yet it looks like he's injured but we're not sure exactly um. What I'm sure we'll find out sooner or later that it's like a upper body injury where he has like 20 cracked ribs or something like that. But um, well, I,
0: I heard after the Washington game when he made his save that yeah. he he out stretched out to make a save. It, it looked it looked like he might have pulled something, and he said after the game, "I just popped my groin a bit. It's nothing major, though."
1: Yeah, but I mean. So- I don't know, when you give up, like, three straight unanswered point goals like that, I don't know um, if he's, uh, um, if that's, like, I don't know if it's uh, nothing, really. But we'll see. Um, It looks like... Oh,
0: sorry. What kind of what kind of intro What, what kind of intru- just threw me off about the Bruins is just how on some occasions they're just so busy watching what the guy with the puck was doing yeah. instead of watching the open man. Like on the five four goal, I see three or four Bruins puck watching. Yep. Yeah. And uh, they're watching what Zach Hyman's going to do, yeah. and Connor Brown just finds himself wide open, just make a pass through a couple of guys, and then bang, unguarded <laughs> back in the net. Nothing Zay McIntyre can do about it. Yeah. So it's just defensive blunders that really cost them. This was a Leafs okay. team that, in three straight games, gave up five goals or more. Yeah, this was true. very
1: winnable. It was very winnable, yeah. But we just couldn't get it. Yeah, we even we even got the first goal. David Pasternak got two goals, which was great to see. Um, and Chara got three yeah, assists too. Chara got three assists. Yeah, it's uh, but it's um, it's still not you know one of those things. I do have to give kudos to Zane McIntyre, though. Although he did give up two goals, he did kind of keep them in um, the game. So uh, I have to give him kudos for that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not looking good. I think I've already said my stuff on this, but um, it's not looking good for them. Um, It looks like the Bruins have two games this week. Uh, They play the Sharks, which is kind of good, I guess. We have a lot of Rest. Uh, they play the Sharks on Thursday, and then we play the uh, the Canucks on uh, Saturday. So um, I don't know if we'll beat the Sharks, but we could. We should definitely beat. Oh, and we play the Habs on Sunday. Um, yeah. Yeah. Of those three games, it's gonna be tough. Uh, of those three games, the Vancouver is the only game that only team that we probably should win. Um, but yeah, these, this is the point where every game matters. Um, yep. especially when we're five games back in hand of a lot of these teams that we're chasing. So, um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really look, uh, I'm not really confident about this Bruins team. So, um, but I've said that before. So. I think they
0: need to take advantage of those days off
1: though. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, yeah, we need a lot of rest. I think our bye week is coming up soon. Um, oh yeah, after the Habs game, we have a bye week. So, okay. um, so there's that. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. Hopefully, by the end of that bye week, um, there is not. We don't have the five games in hand, and we can see what really is the playoff picture. I have a feeling yeah. it's going to be like the Maple Leafs are like. 10 points ahead of us or something like that. But we'll see. Um, <laughs> all right. I feel bad because you've watched a lot more Bruins games, um, and I haven't really watched any of these. I've watched more or,
0: highlights than anything. Yeah,
1: okay. I feel like maybe I should just start watching Senators highlights just so I can be more um, interactive. Oh, well, yeah, because I'd, I'd so like much. you to
0: chime in. I don't feel, I don't want to feel like I'm butting into your rant and then
1: you can't rant. No, 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 no. no. It's like, fine. It's fine. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm just, I, I, I'm just telling you, I feel bad. But here, here you go. Here's the sense.
0: Yeah. yeah well, f- feel free to jump in. I'll uh, we'll stop <laughs> with the Craig Anderson update. He's returned to the team. You'll need at least a week of practice, maybe two, in order to be game ready. Uh, they probably can't wait to get him back because Mike Onan looks somewhat fatigued. Um, big miscue behind the net in that Florida game led to the 5-4 goal. Ultimately, turned the tide in favor of the Panthers for good. Um the team didn't help his cause either. On at least two occasions, the Sens scored. Then Florida responds less than a minute later. Um, and on the second occasion they did that. Ottawa had a four-two lead. Um, and then Florida goes on to score four answered Sens get a meaningless goal late, but damage is done at that point. Good news is Eric Carlson finally scored a goal. Nineteen game goal skid is gone. Um the Sens outshot the opposition 17-8 to in the final frame, uh, but they didn't execute as often, and they went 0-4 at the extra man. Factor in those two things equals a loss. Uh, Tampa Bay game, they get down early. They battle back. They win 5-2. Uh, Ryan Dezingle in the Florida game, he got two goals. In the Tampa Bay game, Mark Stone's turn to shine. He gets two goals. Um, that was really a, the offensive boost that the Sens needed. Um, Guy Boucher, also a uh, storybook note, uh, returned to Tampa for the first time since he was fired by Tampa in 2013. Uh, so nice to get a win there against his former club. Uh, the sense team play was also better. Condon responded. Uh, they went two for five with the extra skater. Only five giveaways all game against a team like Tampa Bay. That can burn you if you give them enough opportunities uh, to only have five giveaways in that game is really impressive. Um, against Buffalo, I mean that was a that was a trap game. That was a winnable situation. I don't care if Leonard hasn't lost in regulation against the Odd 1-5 starts. I don't care if Buffalo's 5-0-1 in their last six home games. This was a winnable game. This is a team you gotta beat. Yeah. And you know, when the Sens get shut up for nothing, give credit to Buffalo, they made some great plays. Ottawa failed to get that timely goal, and, and credit to Robin Leonard. He was great in that game. He stopped 37 yes. shots. He made a lot of great saves, but if you get a few timely goals like the Leafs were able to do against, like the Leafs were able to get against Boston, you have a good shot at winning this game. The Sens didn't get enough of that, and more importantly, they didn't get much traffic in front of Robin Leonard.
1: Well, that, 37 that kind of, shots is a lot of shots, but yeah, yeah. that's true.
0: But a guy like Leonard, at his size,
1: yeah, he'll
0: true. stop anything that comes his way. If he can see it clearly, he's going to stop it. I'm just saying, if like, to be, his, if, like you thir- get, if you if you get in his grill, yeah, if you get in his grill and you rattle him, yeah, you can see I'm just, how easily rattle Robin Leonard can. I'm get. just saying,
1: like it's not like they didn't try. 37 shots is more oh, no. than. Guy Boucher oh. says team played
0: fantastic in the second period. I'm not taking. I'm not trying to take away any credit, but. At the same time, you just hate to lose games like these because, you know. No, I understand that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Only eight points separate Ottawa from second in the Atlantic. We alluded to this earlier, which is where they are now, to the very bottom of the Atlantic. Tampa resides with Buffalo in that category. Um, And and Ottawa's got a tough schedule ahead. They get a hungry St. Louis team that's surely going to be motivated to play better hockey. Then they host Dallas. Always dangerous offensively, regardless of how bad their defensive is uh, defensive play is. Uh, they can burn you with offense if you let them. And then Saturday they host the New York Islanders. They play pretty well since Dugway took over behind the bench. Uh, they need another big week, and if they don't, I can bet you that someone in the East will have one. Um, the deadline also coming up shortly. All the games matter a little bit more, like we said. Um, but I'm not doubting Mike Condon right now uh, because although he's played in 27 straight games, which is a team record, he's, he's always eager to prove himself. He's always eager to get better. Uh, flashback to a January 1st defeat to Washington before their bye week. He said uh, in an Ottawa Sun article, quote, I'm going to return to Ottawa and I'm going to practice. I finished before the break not that well. And for me personally, I can't go sit on a beach somewhere and be content with this. I'm going back to Ottawa and get on the ice and do some work, and quote. The fire this guy plays with, it's not well documented. He doesn't show that passion, but reading that article really impressed me and, and, and really just shows what kind of a guy Mike Condon is. He's done all that he can while Craig Anderson is away, and um, uh, hopefully the team rewards him uh, with some good play in front of him. The good news is with Ottawa, in each of their three games this week, they outshot their opponent. Um, last last year, more often than not, they were they were the ones getting outshot by massive amounts. So um, the fact that they're they're playing a better team hockey, they're limiting um, the other team's chances. I'm impressed with that. But uh, again, against these offensive uh, juggernauts, they they really need to pick up the pace again.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I think the Bruins are in the same position as the um, the Senators are. Um, just the um, Inconsistency and all that um, stuff uh, is uh, is their killer, basically. Um, but we'll see. Um, it should be a tight playoff race. Yeah, um, for sure.
0: It, it certainly seems like one of the tighter races that we've seen in a while in anyway. a
1: long time. Yeah. Um. All right. Social media stuff. You uh, can follow us at least some podcasts. Um. Or I think it's Lace Up Podcast. Um, the uh, Facebook is our Facebook is Lace Up. Um, our uh, you can email us at laceupbag at gmail Oh, it's Lace Podcast is our Twitter, um, and uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud at Lace uh, Lace em Up. Just look it up um, and uh, subscribe there. You'll. Get notified of, um, of when there's a new episode, and, um, or you can, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, just look up, lace them up, and subscribe to us there, uh, leave us a good rating, um, and all that stuff. Um, GoPats are, I mean, I assume by this time this is, you hear this, uh, you'll know the score, but we don't, so I'm gonna say GoPats, um, but, um even though I have a feeling everyone else is rooting for the Falcons. Um, But that's okay. Um, I'm Brett Duboff.
0: I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk to you at two pounds heavier in episode 64 (laughs) of the Lace Em Up podcast.